brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hope you're having a beautiful week wherever you are. Let's just take a moment, if you're able, to close the eyes. If you're driving, obviously don't. But wherever you are, just take a minute to connect with yourself. Come deeper into the physical body. We spend most of our day floating up in the ethers in our mind, analyzing over, analyzing, judging, labeling every single thing that we encounter throughout the day. So just allowing the breath to deepen. You can play around with lengthening the inhale and the exhale. If I only have a couple breaths to recenter myself, I really like to do a deep inhale through the nose with the mouth closed. Hold at the top for a couple of beats. And then when you feel like you really need to exhale with force out through the mouth. It's a really nice way, even in three to five breaths, to change up the the mood of the body. If you can't close your eyes, that's fine. Just allow the breath to come in. Feel your feet on the floor or the gas pedal or the brake pad, wherever you are in your day, if you're driving, commuting, shuttling the kids back and forth. Just feeling whatever you're touching to ground you, whether you're in a seat, a chair, on the floor, just allowing whatever those points of contact to release into what's holding you up a little bit deeper. Letting the shoulder blades release, letting the tension in the back of the neck and the back of the skull slowly start to unwind. Noticing if you are furring your brow or your forehead, if you're squinting in your eyes, just allow everything to let go. Letting the skin melt across the bones, feeling the heaviness of the actual bones in the body, the thigh bones, the shin bones, feeling the shoulder blades ride down the back. Letting the heart melt down into the mid-body. Releasing any holding or constriction. If there's something that is heavy on your heart today. Or heavy in your solar plexus. Or your gut. Without judging it, just allow the breath to come in. And gently help it release. And if you can, do a couple more rounds of that. 
I'm going to do a very quick intro today because my guest is such a force. She is a mentor of mine from afar. Srimati, also known as Julie Pyatt. Many of you know her and love her and work with her. I have only just met her. I met her face to face when we sat down for this interview. Um, but we have quite a few friends in common in the wellness, mom, spiritual world. And also, funnily enough, we have a connection through our husbands. Uh, she's married to Rich Roll, the vegan ultra marathoner uh, or ultra athlete, I guess I should say. He bikes and he swims a lot. And um, many of you have probably listened to the Rich Roll podcast. His podcast actually opened me up into the podcast world hmm, probably three years ago, three to four years ago. I don't know. Time time is a, an elusive minxy fox to me now after children. But um, in February 2016, so I probably started really focusing on the running stuff um, around Thanksgiving of 2015. And I very quickly in like two and a half months which I do not recommend, by the way, decided to run the LA Marathon. And I ramped up my training um, very quickly and not in a smart way. And I injured my knee, but I still ran the marathon as I've shared. And um, so I really into the running stuff and the running gear. And Rich was a real expander for me in that. I got just like fascinated watching all the running documentaries and the different guests that he had on his podcast. And so it really was kind of random in my life trajectory, but um, he was a real guide for me for a, a time in my life there. And so I have major gratitude for him, the guests that he has, the work that he does. He's just such a great human and um, inspiration. So thank you, Rich. And through his podcast, then I heard Srimati and realized her yoga connection and talking about um, you know, her wedding and the different musicians there. And anyway, she, I was like, what? wait, I, I love Rich. I've been listening to him, but now I love her. And then I realized, you know, a lot of my friends knew her. And anyway, um, she became an inspiration to me quickly there after that. And she has her own podcast and, um, she, I won't go into all of it because it's a, her, I mean, it, her life story because it's such a fascinating one with so many different parts of it. Um, her podcast is now called For the Life of Me, which is beautiful. It used to be the Divine Through Line. It's now For the Life of Me. And she has lived so many different lives, so many different chapters, been married three times. She openly shares about all of those different experiences. She has four children that she's birthed two sons, two daughters. Um, and she's just such a wealth of knowledge and such a powerful badass. And, you know, if I can be anything similar to her um, as I progress in my journey as a woman and a mother, I would be over the moon because she speaks the truth. She lives in such alignment and authenticity and, um, and is of this world and is of this time, which I think 
I don't know. She kind of feels like the main uh, model for me for being an authentic healer, educator, mom, woman, so fully living in her dharma and sharing authentically on social media, but it's coming from such a real powerful truth. Um, there's just no inauthentic bone in her body and I have such a allergy to the opposite of that. So um, that's something I struggle with and it's something I'm really stepping into of owning that more within myself, my voice, getting out there, um, being more a voice for the things I'm passionate about without leading from ego. I guess I'm kind of almost like trigger uh, scared to, to go down that ego path and I, I never want to. So um, I often kind of shirk behind my Scorpio shadow a little bit. I, I mean, I've been stepping out of it, but anyway, I'm just, I'm letting you in in my psyche. I'm kind of going on a tangent, but um, I guess what I'm saying is she is modeling to me how I want to be showing up in the world and aging gracefully and never becoming complacent and really just owning all the parts of me and all the different times of my life and the way she talks with Rich and the way that they're married and continue to evolve and go through their whole journey, which if you haven't listened to their stories, check out both of their podcasts. They went through a whole nine year, um, she calls it a spiritual awakening. He calls it um, kind of like a money crisis, but it's so beautiful, their journey. But even now, just the way that they are with one another, they really have their own stuff going. And they also have this beautiful family together and do a lot of work together also. And um, they have been expanders for myself and David, my husband, and David and Rich, my husband, David and Rich, um, we're friends from like way back in the day and totally other lifetimes before he was married to Srimati before I even knew David when they were in much different chapters of their life. So it's just kind of cool the way life works out and the different threads through life and, and how we intersect with people at different points on our journey. Um, but really I can't even introduce her and, and do her justice. So I won't even try. Um, her info will be in the show notes, but you can always find more information at juliepyatt.com, Julie, J-U-L-I-E, Pyatt, P-I-A-T-T.com. She's launched a beautiful online offering called Water Tiger, and you can do a monthly subscription to that. Uh, she also does, on the rare occasion, private sessions. She has multiple vegan cookbooks out. She just started this incredible no-cheese cheese company called Shreemu or Shreemu, and it's gorgeous packaging, S-R-I space M-U. You can find her on Instagram. Uh, just a really cool company. She is just like blowing up. It's it's so cool. Um, and it's a no cheese situation. Um, I'm not a cheese person at all. I've never liked cheese, and I had some of her cheese the other night at a party, and it was so good. The... Um, it was like a smoked almond situation. And you, you, um, oh my God, my words. 
you sign up for like a monthly or a quarterly subscription. That's the word I was looking for. Still postpartum people. Um, anyway, it was a total dream come true to sit down with her. And it was so challenging to actually pick the topics, which I just, of course, pick in the present moment. And our conversation just kind of led to a couple things. But before we started, I did have a couple of topics I did want to cover and some she already knew what I wanted to talk about just because she's dialed in like that. But really before I went in to the interview, you know, I always do a meditation to be led by spirit to ask the questions that will be of most service to everyone listening for their healing as well as for my own healing and for whatever the person I'm interviewing is called to share what is for their highest good as well. So I don't I don't do a lot of preparation honestly before I go into an interview because I give it up to God. I give it up to spirit to see what is for the highest good of all of us. Um, having said that, I could have literally sat with her for five hours and just kept talking, talking and asking questions because she is that rich of knowledge. And she's not even next level. She's like next, 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 next level. Um, to the point where I almost felt like I wasn't even getting verbal transmission. It was more of just like such an energetic thing. I'm still processing our talk. But anyway, I really hope you enjoy. It was a true, a true gift to me. So I share it with you, Jayma. We are rolling. We are now. rolling now. Oh my Hi. God, I can't even believe. <laughs> so is it McLean or McLean? McLean. McLean. Mm -hmm. Such a beautiful name. Thank you. Tell me how you got, I know this is your show, but let's just start this off by you telling me how you got named McLean. Thanks. No one asked me <laughs> questions. Yeah. <laughs> McLean is a family name and it was actually on my mother's side, uh -huh. but my father's side was McGown. So it's McLean McGown is my real name. Oh. And it was a last name, you know, many generations back. And Irish. Irish, Scottish. Scottish. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Beautiful. And um, I actually just recently found out um, that Jemima was actually a family name. And we have my mom found in my grandmother's, one of her old family journals we found after she died, that we had an English born and raised in London ancestor that is buried in our plot in Memphis, Tennessee. And it was so wild Jemima. because Jemima, which is our oldest daughter. So beautiful. And that was always my baby name growing mm -hmm. up. And it was always David's baby name before we knew each other. <laughs> so great. It was crazy. And then when we we were together as friends, even before we were in a relationship, and he said something about Jemima. And I was like, that's my baby name. He's like, no, that's my baby name. <laughs> so when we became a couple, we're like, that's what we're that's having. It's going to be the baby. Oh, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a a deep connection and fondness for everything Irish. Mm. And um, many, many, many very key people that I end up working with closely are Irish. Oh, and then my brother did the uh, DNA test or whatever. Um, and our DNA is like predominantly Irish. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, anyway. So hi. I can see that. So nice to see hi. you again. Have you been to Ireland? I have been to Ireland. I've, I've been never to been. Ireland three times. Oh, wow. And I highly recommend it. It's it's a place that I went that I was like, oh, I could live here. Mm. And even though mm -hmm. I 
I don't like the rain. Like I grew up in Alaska, and so I've had like my share of cold and freezing and dark and all that stuff, <laughs> many other things. But um, the, in Ireland, it just felt like, oh, it's pouring rain, but it doesn't feel, this is what it is. It doesn't feel sad. Mm. And it's because of the nature realm literally the frequency of the nature elements there i can feel them and they are joyous and i i just love it i love it love it love it and rich and i have some very dear friends they're called the happy pair Do you oh yeah know them? yes i've well through you guys okay mm -hmm. so they're super cute identical twins mm. they're men they're men they have children but you can find them doing handstands and acrobatics and silly things. Cool. Uh, they're an amazing vegan force. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a company of like 200 employees and they have like, wow. I think like a hundred vegan products that are super good yeah. with amazing cafes and they're always fun. So they like to find us when we're in Europe and crash our retreats. Awesome. And yeah. So it's fun. Bring their treats. So anyway, so um, thank you for coming here and for thank you wanting to have this conversation and connect. Oh and so nice to finally meet you. Yeah, it's so nice. And I'm so I love the name of your pot of your podcast oh, of your brand, you. Mother the Mother. I was really reflecting on um, my Pilates instructor. Leslie has an amazing community of young mm. parents that they're mm. just becoming parents, but they sort of made this pact to uh, parent as a tribe. Mm. So their first community oh, member, I know, and they're not, it's like not around mm. any ideology mm -hmm. or any meditation. They just know each other from like college. And we just decided we would never separate. Oh, Wasn't that so sweet? That's amazing. So she was like, we're having our first baby. Like we're having mm -hmm. her, but she wasn't having the baby. So um, we were talking yesterday about what they decided to do was um, each take turns bringing food over. And mm -hmm. I was reflecting on, you know, I'm the mother of four children. I've birthed mm -hmm. four. And Incredible. I remember that, uh, that that was the thing that was needed. It was the the doula um, support, mm -hmm. the cooking of the nourishing foods in the first days after that made such a huge difference. Yeah. And I didn't have this, like with every child I got more hip, you mm -hmm. know, to what was really um, supportive for me and, and really, because in the early, in the first child, you know, you have mothers and, um, and you know, mother-in-laws and family members and and friends or ideas or work calling you, you know, to come back. And you you don't, at least I didn't, for the birth of my first son and second son, I wasn't in the position of nurturing myself so completely that I, um, you know, that I could say to somebody, uh, what you want doesn't matter. Like mm -hmm. the only thing that matters right. is what the mother, yeah. the mother and the baby, that's what matters. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that your grandmother wants to come over, your mother-in-law yeah. wants to visit. That doesn't, that's, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get that till later on. So anyway, I was reflecting on that. <sighs> and so mother, the mother is such an important, just consciousness for us to be aware of. And it goes, you know, super deep. It goes mother, so our deep. mothers, or mother, our elders, or mother, our earth. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I was when I started my quote unquote, you know, doula business almost seven years ago now. Um, when I was trying to describe, come up with a name, because I wanted to be not just me. I wanted it to be a movement, you know, and. I was just describing it and I, I was like, I'm not about the baby at all. I'm, I'm about the mom and mothering the mother. And then I was like, oh, mother the mother. That's how it just happened. 
there it was yeah given to you and really it's it's so i mean you know we're always on a a new journey and a new path as we age and become more fully ourselves as women and mothers and so for me the postpartum i'm so passionate about the postpartum just because it leads to the other things you know a happy mother a happy woman which is then a happier family you know it's it all builds upon each other and it's you know and I love working with women before they've even conceived and then through their pregnancy. I mean, it's such, it all is cumulative. Exactly. So, um, yeah. Awesome. It keeps changing. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was trying to really connect to what I wanted to talk about, there's so many things. I mean, I could sit here for five hours and talk to you because... You are such a fascinating woman and mother and human. And, um, you know, I'm just so grateful to be here with you. And our husbands know each other. I've known about you for eight years. And so now it's just, it really is a gift to be sitting with you in real time. So thank you. Thanks, McLean. Yeah, well, so our husbands actually... David, your husband, mm-hmm. um, is an artist. This is how, see, I haven't seen David in years. But I love he's it. An, <laughs> this is what he is to me. Okay. okay yeah. So this is like that elusive thing of time. Sounds right? hot. So a little like snapshot. So let me tell you who your husband is. Okay. <laughs> he's this eccentric kind of disheveled genius mm. artist mm. who is, um, really just a masterful artistic expression in film. And I remember Rich met him and was literally like in awe of him. It was like David, 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 David Brooks, David Brooks, David Brooks. Oh, that's so So, cool to hear. Yeah. So I hadn't seen him since then. Um, You're definitely so grounded and so together and so connected. Not necessarily what I would have thought he would have matched with. (laughs) So I want to recognize you for the work you're doing for the world. Thank you. People literally came to our wedding and were like, who is this person that is marrying David Brooks? (laughs) Like never thought he would ever get married or have children. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I kind of, I mean, I didn't know him that well, but I kind of had that feeling. I was like, wow. And then now to see like you're such an earth mama Mm. and you're you know you're so grounded and so pure and so real it's it's beautiful Mm, i mean it's perfect thank you yeah yeah he's a really interesting person (laughs) and i love him very much um and he's been such a support with this podcast which has been really cool um that's great but i'm I'm sure he'll love to hear the artistry part because he's he's like a film executive now you know so i think he really feels sometimes like oh he's a suit and you know but he's bringing he's that so energy not a, but to he's that. So not he's a so suit. not that. I know. And I don't know. I was thinking about him today when I was getting ready, when I was mm-hmm. anticipating you arriving and just feeling into that timeline. Mm-hmm. And I knew because Richard told me, he's like, babe, you know, he's like a big executive now, you know. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but I, I'm hoping this is the, um, the platform and launch mm. for the return of David the artist mm, to give I us a li- to give us a little totally. more because he really is gifted. Yes. I mean he's not he's not just a suit. He no. that is not mm. that's not actually accurate. Thank you for reflecting that because it's yeah. so true. He is yeah. and he's so smart and and um I think you know he's almost 60 and it so am I. I know, which <laughs> I I want to delve into that and it's just shocking. I'm it's, shocked to say I that. I mean, I know. Well, you look I mean, ageless. Thank you. And so does he. And so yeah. it, it goes to show it is an energy and it's all about maintaining your health. And I really do see for him, it's um, it's such an opportunity where he is now 
to really you know fuse the different parts of him and creating some really great stuff so i'm excited to see yeah and i mean i have a lot of perspective on that you know it's like you just since you dived into it let's just touch that for a second so you know we use the word aging and so and i think this will dovetail into any other subject that we want to um explore together today but what i want to propose is that um Our minds are very, very powerful instruments. And when you allow yourself to be subscribed to an ideology or a thought process or a belief capsule of experience, you are not in your own authority and you are agreeing to be taken on some journey that may or may not be relevant to you as a a being. And so in the ideas of aging, you know, I was... um, Reflecting that I don't, you know, I don't research. Are we good? Are we plugged in? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I'm just okay. We're just double checking. I'm just going to add another uh, battery source. She's going to (laughs) add. We got to check these things because we can have these long conversations. Yeah. Well, I want every single second recorded. (laughs) Okay, cool. So, my point with aging is that I'm I'm starting I'm launching a uh, a movement. And it's just it's it's not born yet. So for anybody that follows me, they'll if they're annoyed by me, they'll they'll be annoyed that I make these statements. And then they're like, where is it? You know, but it's taking I'm cooking it. You know, it's happening. It's happening. So what I want to say is that I'm not aging. I'm eternalizing. Mm. I'm an Mm. eternal being. I'm not aging in the form of a human. So what I'm interested Mm. in is this opportunity at this moment on planet Earth with this level of activation, this level of transformation, what is possible in the human body that we never knew before? What is the ability of the DNA that they're calling junk? And with the right or the focused, I won't say right, right for me, in alignment for me, focused intention, exploration of play and of life, how can I allow my physical body to be more embodied in youth, vitality? And I don't mean youth like 20-year-old youth. I mean a vibrancy, vitality. So I am, um, I practice Pilates with an instructor, and I'm actually in a training for dance. Because I used to dance when I was young, like in high school. And I love dancing, and I love music, and I love moving my body. And what I've found is that um, here I'll, I'm, I'll be 58 this year. I had to go like do a calcu- like do the calculation because I was like, am I 57 or 58? I don't know. Um, but anyway, so um, I'm continuing to train my body as if she is becoming an eternal being. Mm. And that is all of my spiritual practice, all of my awareness. In one of my bathrooms at our house, we don't have a mirror. We just have like a beautiful gong. It's like a Zen gong on the wall. And it's like, you know, there are cultures. I don't know exactly the one because I'm horrible at research, but um, you know, there are cultures like that they don't look at themselves in the mirror. So you can remember we're in a quantum world. So you're creating what you're experiencing. And so I found this same ideology or way of living that has served me in my own experience. Like for instance, if you read research books, which I don't on parenting and such, Mm -hmm. I would never do that, Mm -hmm. but people do. (laughs) So, but if you read a research book, it would say, you know, well, boys, boys reject their mothers when they become teenagers, right? Because that's natural. And someone, somebody came up with a mental construct about why that's true. 
And I just decided, well, I'm not going to have that experience. Well, I created the opposite. So I was in a band with my boys for so their rad. entire adolescence. And they didn't move out of my house until they were like 19 and 20, maybe 2021. 20, um, and so I created my own path with them. But you see, if we, if we continue to be sheeples, yeah. And we don't even know that we're being um, manipulated or that we're, we're being the, told the, mm -hmm. something, right? But we need to, as you know, I think there's enough information now in the culture, like as a spiritual sort of way shower of sorts or someone who's always been in this, gen, in this sort of perspective, it's kind of nice now that I'm not trying to convince people that things are not what they seem. Like you can look at the political landscape, you can look at what's going on environmentally. You know, I think we know by now that milk doesn't do a body good. We know by now that the banks aren't in it for us. We know by now that the money system is highly, you know, corrupted. And I'm not saying money's great, like we need to have lots of money. Everyone who's aware needs to have lots of money. But I'm just saying that it's becoming your own authority that is the divine human right. No one has the right to tell you what your life experience should be. And within even spiritual circles or lineages or ideologies, I've always said, I love the lineage, but I'm not of the lineage. I precede the lineage. So I can use the lineage for how it accentuates me or helps me or gives me shelter or comfort or you know, inspiration, but I'm not defined by that box. And so if we take this into our lives in all areas, um, this is what this is what we're this is what we need to remember. And this is why I hold a spiritual community called Water Tiger. This is why I offer those teachings. I'm not trying to make your experience of life be the way that I see it. We are complete individual life forms, billions of individual life forms. And the human mind is always trying to get a consensus. They're trying to arrive at this is right and this is wrong. Well, in ancient tantric uh, teachings, it's for whom and when. Like it matters who you are, what time of your life it is, what time of day it is, where you're living geographically. The only one that can really say what is right for you is you and you alone. And this is before any relationships, any titles, any aware, you know, any achievements. This is just you, you alone. So this idea to get a consensus and then the violence that we inflict on others who choose a different opinion it's just insanity. If, insanity. if consciousness wanted us to be the same, we would be the same. But there isn't one of us that's the same. So that's a very logical way to look at it. And, you know, I've seen, I'm old enough now to have seen, you know, in political, um, you know, conflicts. It depends on where you're sitting. We're all human, everybody, and everybody wants the same things. We want love, we want safety for our loved ones, we want to feel like we matter, we want to feel seen, we want to be able to have basic rights like food, water, shelter, clothing. We want our kids to be safe, you know, and there is no consensus. And it, so there's no right or wrong, no one is right or wrong. And one of my favorite um, Indian saints, one of the only women in the entire play, 
Uh, her name is Ma, Nine, Ma Ananda Maima. And um, she says one of my favorite quotes, which was, every man is right from his own point of view, or every woman is right from her own point of view. And when we realize that, we can stop trying to convince people that our way is the way. Ah. <sighs> So much. So that so was kind of a lot. Deep. I guess I had a little bit to say about that. Well, no. thank you for going right into the age thing because I think, you know, and I love your take on it. And I, that was definitely one of the topics I wanted to cover because on one hand, I don't want to be attached to age at all because it is just this number that I think mentally does put us in these weird boxes. And I also love that you do share your age because it's also changing the conversation. And I think that's important too, you know, and, um, so, yeah, I feel I mean, both of those things. Well, I have, I have, um, okay, so let's talk about, uh, I let my hair go gray. It's so pretty, by the way. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I love it. It, it was so nice. I'm going gray. I mean, it's you in can, there. You well, can't it's, it's real it. in there, but You've I'm got not going to do anything red. about it. Thank you. No, um, so it was interesting, you know, it was sort of like meant to be, it, it was, I was in the bathtub and I was looking at, supermodels that had let their hair go gray. And I talked to my friend Lucy and Jan, who they're in, my friends who are in fashion, and they're like, you know, they photograph like everyone famous. And I was like, I'm thinking of doing that. And they're like, do it. It'll be so oh. beautiful, right? <laughs> they're like, it's gonna age you, but it'll be beautiful, yeah. right? So I'm like, <laughs> okay, so, and I've suffered with the, with a tremendous, tremendous uh, painful headaches. I call them migraines, they're not really migraines. If you look up like the eight migraines, I, none of my headaches are like that. It's a, it's an energetic thing that my body goes through in, in what I do. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I've been dyeing my hair for 30 years, so maybe, maybe that'll, you know, have a difference. And, and Rich came up and I was looking at these, you know, images. And then he said, oh, you know, he said, I had a dream last night. And anyway, it had to do with silver hair. And, mm, uh, wow. and it was weird. And I was like, mm. dude, and I showed him my phone. <laughs> and he was super supportive. He was like, go ahead and do it. He's like, do it. So what I didn't understand is that I would have to remove the color. Well, I had dyed dark brown hair. So I'd had to remove the color out, which is totally toxic and a whole thing. Mm. And then shockingly, I became a blonde, which is, I have a lot of blonde friends that I really, really like. Mm -hmm. It's not an identity that I associate with. And then the universe was just laughing at me because I had this bright blonde hair and I was like, okay, this is really funny. Like this is really it not that It looked really funny. cool though. Looked cool you looked like a Palomino. It was, it was awesome. So you had weird. this like white mane. Oh, it was so funny. <clears throat> so thank you. So it wasn't graceful. Um, there were moments that I thought my hair was literally going to fall out. Aye. I was like, what would I look like with a bald <laughs> head? You know, I'm super positive. So I tried yeah. to go to there. But anyway, I'm happy to say <laughs> I'm now almost two years since I did it. And I have just a little, little bit of remnants of the blonde left. And I, you know, lobbed off about four inches. I'll be happy when it gets long again. I'm going to grow it like really long. But it does feel really great to not be doing anything. And I, what I will also tell anybody listening is I was convinced that I had hair as white as Santa Claus. Like, I am not kidding you because that's what it looked like every time it came out, which was literally every 10 days when I was dying it. And I had no idea that my hair was like this and that it was this pretty. And what I want to tell everybody is that's what we're all hiding from. And so what I wanted to do is create a shift in the culture 
where we didn't look at gray hair as grandma, librarian, you're all washed up, it's over. And it's this objectification of the feminine energy in our culture. It comes from spiritual traditions that have been taken over. It, it is a program. It was done on purpose. So what's happened is, is that we've been told that when we're done bearing children, that we're useless. There's nothing left for us. And so um, we're going to be traded in for another model that is younger, better, you know, can bear children. So I know that I was living with this planetary fe uh, fear that was an implant. It's an energy that you can feel inside of yourself. And I did actually a self-healing ceremony some years ago, and I removed it from my being. And I don't feel it at all anymore, like not, not at all. So what we have to remember is that the feminine frequency is the one with the power and the knowledge and the eternal creative capacity, the ability to lead with vision for all, with love, with compassion, with strength, with beauty, with correction. And the other thing is, is that we've been told, and we've been told this through the stories that are told in our culture. So it starts in Disney. It starts in those fairy tales where you have, you know, the beautiful maiden is in a coma and she only wakes up when the prince kisses her. And it's only that love that makes her valid. In addition, there's always an older woman who is ugly, mean, and evil. And so what is the subliminal? Our subconscious doesn't know any difference between those two feminine characters. So we also feel we are going to be uh, not seen and not loved. And also when we get old, we are going to be evil. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, and you look at that, that's where, that's, why is that there? Okay, so this is another thing of being your own authority. Like, w when did we subscribe to that? And, and what, what's going on in the culture? And that's just the beginning. And then it's the objectification and all that stuff that's everywhere. But I guess um, what I'm saying is in the Vedic uh, traditions and in the ancient texts, um, it says that this time of our life, after we're done bearing children, is the most creative, expansive part of our lives. And one thing I want to share with listeners, and that I've had this experience through personal sessions and other mentorship things that I've, that I've held, is reminding women that they are not washed up and over. That giving them this perspective, that this is the time. Like this is the creative time. It's time to go. Like you've done, you've brought these beings into the world. You've contributed in that way. And now guess what? They, as, as a matter of fact, your children are waiting for you to realize your greatest <sighs> self. Wow. Because when you realize you, you free them. It's almost like they, they know what your capacity is. They, they know it innately. They know you're God mom. I'm mom God, God mom. I mean, how many times it was like, mom, can Rich have a cookie? I'd be like, I don't know, Rich, can you have a cookie? <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's this universal thing. And so I have to tell you, when I launched um, Shrimu, which is a, my plant-based cheese company um, recently, my oldest daughter, Mathis, you know, she 
something transformed in her. And it's weird because I've done a lot of things in my life and I do a lot of things. I publish cookbooks. I do all this stuff. I've done retreats. You do a lot. But when I launched that company, she shifted. Like she just called me. She was like, mom, I am so proud of you. Mm. And I was like, wow. Because when, when I'm at full capacity, meaning I'm not hiding myself, any part of myself from anyone, my husband, my family, my culture, my community, when I'm not hiding, then she she has the permission to not hide. Mm, so deep, so true. I feel like I'm just really starting to scratch the surface of that, even this past year. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in my, I'm 42 now, and Goldie's now almost two and a half, so it's also coming out of that kind of just newborn haze again. Of course. But it's so interesting because when you're, when you're talking about that, you know, I was almost kind of there with Jemima, and then I went back, I had another one. So it's, it's this like interesting place but I love I love that and it's something to really look forward to because you can't do it all when you have young children I mean it's impossible and then you want to be there and you want you know obviously be present and be the mom you want to be so it is it's all the things I actually posted that last night there was a quotation about the importance of just being silent for days to refill and I'm such a Scorpio introvert like I could just really not talk to people for a couple weeks and I haven't been able to do that in over 10 years because I got married and then I have children and it's something I really look forward to when they're not living with me. Or maybe I just need to go on a retreat and do that myself and mm-hmm. not wait for 18 years. But um, what about in the night? Yeah, the night I do that. But it's almost just having days of not talking would be so nice. It'd be such, I mean, that just like sounds be such a relief. <laughs> Like it's like be- everyone, you should just get a sign like on retreat, like in silence. I know because like, what I Jemima, think what do you want? Like inside, just read the card. It's silence. <laughs> and sometimes I'll do that now. I'm like, um, I'm off the clock. I cannot. It's eight thirty. Mom time is over. Like I'm putting you into bed. You're welcome to read, but like that's great. No more talking. That's so good though. <laughs> but. I love that, that it is all these incarnations of ourselves and we are so rich. And then to, to have daughters to see that because we are really mm-hmm. shifting. Yeah. And it is shifting. I mean, I, we just saw Frozen too. You probably haven't seen that. I haven't seen it yet. But um, <laughs> it was shockingly good. They changed, they they changed, changed the, the so storyline. The yeah. main song was You're the One You've Been Waiting For. Oh, the girl. great. And well, she's the one good. that saves the day. And it's it had... The, the water keeper, the water is the keeper of the secrets. Like, good. so things are changing for That's these good. younger, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it is looking at, um, and I love that you bring this into your podcast and when you talk and you share and teach of looking at all the subtle ways that we've just been buying this mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's really, it's almost, it's just so simple, but we're just, we're so used to being sheeple in so many ways. Even if you think you aren't, you are, because it's just so insidious. Well, it's in a, in, in just a, a spiritual architecture form. It's in, a, it's in the planetary grid. So it's like when you come and it's mm-hmm. in you, it's nothing, it's not our fault. It's right. like no judgment, but it's like, wake up. Yeah. Like that is not what you are. So yeah. understand where you're being impulse. Where did that thought come from? Like, why, why do you think that? Why, when I... Uh, would tell somebody, I mean, or somebody would find out I was vegan and I'd meet a seven-year-old, they would just open their mouth and go, where do you get your protein? I was like, what? Like, it's something they've ingested that is, um, it's the same thing when you unschool or homeschool your kids. The program, the program says to you, well, how will your kids be socialized? (laughs) 
<laughs> right? It's the program. Or yeah. another program, just to not make it all on, to- all on totally. you know, topics. But if you're an artist and you paint a painting, the program is, the program says, how long did that take you to make? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's such a dumb question. Yeah. So I, when I'm an art, when I'm yeah. doing art, I say thousands of lifetimes. <laughs> You know, but it's like the human being like would think that it was more valid if it took you a long time rather than the perspective of, oh, I'm so prolific that I literally just Mm -hmm. channeled this out. I connected with divine flow and it just came out. That's not what the human mind wants. The human mind wants to go, oh, you worked, you know, hours and hours and that makes it valid. So, but you see, these are all things that are implanted or why we all thought like, um, for instance, that um, even like the shame around bankruptcy, the shame around the system, and you think about people that are like, I'm going to play this system very, very responsibly, and they have this big ego around the fact that they pay their bills and that they're so good in the system. And meanwhile, the system is preying on all of humanity and only, you know, a couple families. That, that Logic, okay, let's just be logic. How is it possible that a couple families have all the money on planet Earth? And why are their children starving? And why are their animals being brutalized? So you gotta wake up and realize the game we're in and then start understanding that every time you choose your own authority, you're getting, like you're, you're evolving and you're also helping the whole illusion, the whole hologram to start to mm, crumble. Mm-hmm. Because the more of us that get the view or get the awareness, when you have the knowledge, you can't, un, you can't unknow it. Right. Once you know it, you can't unknow it. Yeah. And it does start to break away all of those pieces because, I mean, we get into that so quickly. Like you have a mortgage and the bills and, you know, it's – just such a construct of living. And so, I mean, I play with that a lot right now um, because we do have a mortgage. And, uh, you know, my husband works a corporate job and my daughter's in public school. You know, we're in a system. And so it's really learning how to live within those systems and bring new life into it and new energy. And just know what it is. Yeah, know what it is. And understand that it's not a commentary on the state of your consciousness. Right. Or, yeah, or other people. Or other people. Yeah, it's just, it just is like, okay, that's that thing. And we're dancing with it. Exactly. And what feels really freeing, too, is to know that we can walk away from all of it and be totally cool, you know? Yeah. And that makes, that always, if I can always come back to that, that, like, non-attachment, that is when I know I'm, like, in a good flow. Yeah, and... I don't know that a human being can know that they can walk away from it and be okay unless they've actually had that experience visit them. And that's the beauty of, you know, it's no secret in the public that Rich, my husband and I went through a nine-year financial collapse. That's what he calls it. And I call it a nine-year spiritual awakening. Mm. And what happened during that time is that I had the fear of money completely burned out of me because I saw the pattern you know i saw like be down to one potato and then it life would just come suddenly there would be something you know it wasn't as expected it wasn't all neat and tidy i didn't have a bank account for four years which is shocking um and uh but it was it was a journey through understanding that that is not who you are 
And it's funny because I, I have a game that I design. It's called the game of Jai. It's a, it's, it, Jai means victory in Sanskrit. And um, it's a game. It's a board game that you can play life and you can like get your cars mm -hmm. repossessed and then you can like lose all your money and then you like get a free vacation. Like it's, it's a way if you can look at life as a game, if you're having a hardship, um, don't take it on your shoulders as a commentary of who you are as a being because we are so much more than our credit scores. I mean, we're, that's not even in the realm of what we're doing here, but we live in this, in this system that is, you know, based on people with money or the people we revere, you know, we're, we're revering the, the wrong people, <laughs> the kind of vibration we don't really want to, uh, you know, be expanded. And some of us are in the illusion that those personalities and people are the people that bring security. And one thing that I'm actually very excited about and also very uh, reverent about is the fact that at this point on planet Earth, the only security you have is your spiritual connection. And it's always been that for me. You, you cannot count on anything but your own spiritual connection. So all of, in my opinion, in my experience, the focus should be on that source, establishing that source connection in all the ways that are in alignment to you. And if you have that established, then you will be drawn and aligned and mag like magnetize what is right for your evolution. It doesn't mean you're going to have everything nice and pretty and easy because this life on earth is not about it being all that. And so I think in this society and the culture, we're chasing the good, chasing the good moments. Well, that was a good moment or that was great. Or, and the thing is, is that life is made up of many moments and it's the, it's the whole experience that we signed up for. And so it's about who do we become in the face of those experiences and and what we all want is a full life and and life will give us a full life mm -hmm. uh however <laughs> if we want to really align with that spiritual connection source and this is not religious no religion no authority outside of yourself i'm talking about individual authority connected to the force the breath that is breathing all of us however you can embody your own life print more and more and more precisely so that there isn't room for anything else to exist in it because you're so in, you're so present in your life that nothing else can come in. Then you're really doing spiritual work. You're doing humanitarian work and beyond this realm because every life form is divine. It was created in a original perfection They've been altered and suppressed and changed and manipulated. But as we start to claim our authority and take that power back, I have no doubt, no doubt that we will bless all creation by living our individual life prints. Mm. Mm. I love that so much. It's so true. Mm. And really, you know, when you have kids too, honoring them as souls and people that are here with us, but we're not controlling, we're not meant to control every move, you know, all of that, which I have to really check myself on that too. Like the bedtime and the routine and like all the things, you know, and the homework and 
really allowing the space for it to unfold. Yeah, exactly. They're, they've lived, you know, thousands of lifetimes, possibly, before you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not less intelligent than you are. They're not mm-hmm. less aware than you are. They're Likely, they're more intelligent and more aware, as yeah. we know. Yeah. And also, you know, the, 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 the cool thing, I think, about the new kids that are incarnating is they're just not taking any shit mm-hmm. from any adults. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can, <laughs> you can have the idea that you're going to have this, you know, like, this is what I think is going to mm-hmm. work. And then... If they're like mine, you know, they'll just throw the pancakes at you, you know, and you'll be like, oh, my God, like <laughs> I am not in control of the situation at all. But that's the beauty of it. And if mm-hmm. you can um, if you can remain neutral and uh, my most challenging energies, I, I surf them like a wave. So it's just like, oh, this wave is coming in. What is this wave going to be in this moment? And, you know, math is my my middle. Well, my third child I shouldn't call her the third child math is one of my children um she just kicked my ass like you know back and forth like didn't accept anything and that catalyzed a big transformation and she's now 16 and we were in Australia together driving we would have to go out in the morning and drive because she would be freaking out because she wanted to be back here and not oh, not in Australia. Yeah. So we'd go on these journeys together and we've, you know, sing wow. and listen to music and fight and scream and cry and love and and share and then cry over connection and it's so beautiful that I have this real relationship with her. I don't know another person we can go to the edge with each other and literally there's no residue because we've been doing this since she was born because it's the kind of being that she is but for her to just come back and say you know I feel closer to you than I did before we went and yet she wasn't happy to be she didn't want to go and you know I was telling Rich I was like it's not about you know, the vacation was great and we all wore bathing suits and we all went to the beach and it was amazing. <laughs> it's life. And I would take her again next year with her kicking and screaming because we had moments with the older boys where we, you know, we watch movies every night together. We're on the beach together. My older son with Jaya, my 12 year, 12 year old. It's like we had meals together. We just had time because we were sequestered in this country together. And it was a great blessing. But yeah, we the new kids are very strong. They're leaders. Um, they do need uh, strong guidance uh, or something to bump up against, even if they're not going to take it, because they have the capacity to also serve dark things. They can they can do both. And um, but you know, if you, parents are listening to this, I'm I'm giggling because I know that many of you have children that are they're just not falling into line. And in this, this is included in school. Like if your child is not supposed to be in school, you know, you got a good chance they're going to tell you. They're just going to say, I'm not going. (laughs) So can we segue into that? Because that's a big topic. And before we even do that, I just want to say for the people listening, if you have not heard you guys' story of the nine-year spiritual awakening you know, all of that journey. It's such a beautiful thing to listen to. So go to, um, it, is it Divine Throughline or di- 
What did you? No, I changed the name. Yeah. What did is you it? Well, it? my podcast is called For the Life of Me. For the Life of You. For the Life, life of Me, me. and that's on me. iTunes right. and SoundCloud. I just always hit on your picture, so, so I, like, I, 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 I no remember. The, I remembered it changed, but yeah, I changed it. Um, so it's For the Life of Me, and uh, so I have some excerpts. I have a mem. I have a couple memoirs that are almost written that are sitting around. But then I launched. I a cannot cheese- wait to read it. I launched a cheese company, so I just put it to the side for the moment. But um, also, you can read Rich's book, Finding Ultra, and it's also an audio book and he narrates that himself and so that kind of gives you his perspective and gives you you can sort of discern and then if you want to go deeper into the spiritual aspects of it you can uh, you know dive into my podcast there's there's like 120 episodes up I haven't posted an episode since July but That's I'm right. starting you, you launched no you're, you're launching a vampire exactly <laughs> exactly so I'm starting again actually I'm yeah. gonna be doing more and more so thanks for that yeah no of course I, I I mean I've listened to it because you also it's it's interwoven into other episodes you guys have done together but it's it really is something um that is so many lessons so I just encourage everyone to listen to it because it it is so many things and it's just beautiful. Also your two perspectives, which I really love. Yeah. The extremes. Yeah. Extreme opposites somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we all can relate to it in different ways, you know? And okay, there's literally there's so many things I want to say. So I'm just trying to prioritize. Um one thing I'm just gonna throw in there before we get into the school thing is I do love seeing how the dynamic, because again, you're modeling it in a new way of the older woman, younger man. And I think it's really cool to see that. And, you know, you just see it and hear it in Rich's love for you. And really, I feel like respecting you in a different way. And I don't know if that's, I mean, it's just because you're you. But I also think it's really cool to see that because that's not an example that we see much in our culture. I mean, I'm the prime example. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm the younger one. I'm like the second wife, but I'm the first wife. But I'm in that more stereotypical dynamic you know I've been that before you know and the pros and cons to all of it you know any relationship the pros and cons I mean I David and I were so karmically linked that it's it wasn't like oh I'm marrying this guy that has it all together and like the money and like that is not the story for us but that's not you um it is it's just interesting you know because I was even talking today I was like which is silly I mean but asking him a set like is your subconscious thinking this because obviously he doesn't know that (laughs) But I was like, I know, I was like, you know, because I was bringing up the age thing and um, because I think I definitely have conditioning subconsciously about, oh, he's older, he might know. I mean, I don't, I don't really think that in general, but I think there's, there must be programming. There you go. You know, Mm -hmm. and I mean, my whole life, I've never dated anyone my age, like even in high school. I was just never interested in people my age. I was an only child too, so I grew up around adults. Anyway, just such an interesting thing, but I love that dynamic that you guys are showing. So thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> so it's funny for me for you to view it as older woman, younger man um, in age because it's only four years difference between us, right? Which the, doesn't the, really for me, nothing. but I think Rich does view it like that more. But I, <laughs> I view it more of like awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, then I do, I do, there is a big, um, difference, but I've been this age since I was born. So I never felt different. <laughs> that's so perfect. I love that. Yeah. So, yeah, but so yeah, true. yeah, it's cool. And 
And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting, right? I mean, couples and relationships and what makes it work. And, you know, this is my third marriage. So I am a relationship expert. And I love hearing about all your marriages, too. Um, I mean, that's a whole other podcast. It's a whole podcast other podcast. Episode. But let's stay focused yeah. on what you want to talk about. <laughs> totally. So one thing I really wanted to delve into is the um, unlearning or the homeschool yes. mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. And I remember at some point you were doing curriculum for that. Is that still happening or you did it or yeah okay what are your so thoughts? so i um okay so i have two older boys who went to you know like a private academic school and they're super agreeable and you know you know this has continued through their life like if you met them today you would just fall in love with them they're beautiful charismatic funny intelligent musical loving uh gorgeous um i'm their mom but it's true um, it is true. They're amazing. I mean, they're amazing human beings. And part of my biggest struggle is everybody that meets them wants to spend time with them. And it's to the point where I'm like, no, like I want to spend time with them. My my own family and friends, everybody wants to be with them all the time. So um, they did everything that, you know, planet Earth asked of them. And then I gave birth to Mathis and she threw the pancakes at me. <laughs> so this wasn't on my bucket list. Like I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a homeschooling mom. Like that right. would have been the last <laughs> thing. Because I'm a maker. I'm an yeah. artist. I'm a creator. Like I've never identified myself through my kids, although I am a mother energy naturally. And my kids, if I'm anything, I'm a mother. But it's a di- in a di- kind of in a different way. But you're way. out in the world. I'm just, yeah. yeah I'm, I never identified like that's my identity, but I would do anything for them first, you know? So, so Matt, it was really Mathis. Mathis catalyzed his transformation in me and she just really didn't fit in. And so she had a very special energetic that I didn't share with anybody during these times. Um, because if I, I felt if I had her diagnosed, she would have been given some spectrum diagnosis. And in my way of living, I'm not interested in diagnosis because I want her just to live in the world that she created and that I'm going to create for her. So I purposely didn't have her tested, but I knew things like she never went to bed. Um, She um, was really super frustrated with energy running through her body. Like anger is, that's not even a proper word, like an an emotion of anger that literally stopped the earth from turning out of a five-year-old. And you would just be like, like, oh my God. And then her system is extremely sensitive. So she, we would have people come over and visit, they would leave, and then she would vomit for 20 minutes. And I literally take clearing, it's not, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a decision, it has nothing to do with the ego, it has nothing to do with me. It is literally a physiology, a physics of her body, the way she processes energy. And this happened hundreds of times, not one time, I mean, so, and she would just, I would stand there with her and she would get in a salt bath and she had this one Shiva Lingam, I still have it. And she would say, give me the Shiva Lingam. And then after it was over, she would just say it was energy mom. And I'd say, I oh, know. So math has catalyzed this experience with me. Um, of course, I didn't tell anybody because I was like, she doesn't need other people that are unaware projecting their ideas onto her. So I did this sort of in a bubble and even even from Rich to a large extent because he was going through a life transformation and I've I'm I'm there like I've been the sort of the sole mom the you know the one that's sort of yeah, running you can the handle universe. it all you do handle it all I handle it all yeah so basically um, uh, yeah so I received guidance from you know healers and mentors and people that I work in metaphysics and 
they were like, keep doing what you're doing. Do, do what you're doing. She's synthesizing all these frequencies. I mean, I had an astrologer look at her birth chart. She was like choking. She was like, I've never seen a chart like this, like, like in an intense way. And that's why she picked me. She picked me because I had the bandwidth to be able to adapt and be flexible and then hold a space to create a world that said yes to her. So I had a meeting with the kids and with Rich and I said that she is not like you. She is not like me. And I, we must tell her yes as much as possible because if we don't, she's just gonna get no, 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 and it's gonna create a bad pattern for her. So it'd be things like we'd go into a restaurant and we'd be going to sit down at a table and she'd throw a fit, literally like, but it was because she could feel the energy and she didn't wanna sit in that. So at the beginning, I did the parenting pattern and I was like, young lady, you know, you'll sit where I tell you to sit, you know, like that, that didn't go very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I'm like, let me rethink this. Mm-hmm. So I would just, I shifted, I had to shift and I had to view her as a perfect, perfectly divine being in her own right, even though she wasn't as polite as I wish she had been She's still not. I mean, even as a teenager, she can tell friends that she doesn't like them and she's not happy with what they did and that she's making this decision for herself. And then I'll find myself going like, could you, can you lighten up? Could you be a little nicer? You know, and then she'll look at me and she'll go, why would I do that? Why would I compromise myself? And then I'm thinking she's more in alignment than I am. Right. I'm just trying to be, you know, nice. So this I is what fall into that. I really relate to that. Yeah. So, and you know, let's, this, this catalyzed this desire to create. And, you know, I love community and that that's what I'm creating in my cheese company now. And I've literally have never been happier in my entire oh, life than the last two days. Amazing. It's amazing. Oh but gosh. anyway, keeping on track. So okay. I was trying to create a community and trying to convince parents that we needed to allow kids to be kids. And we know, I mean, you know, Sir Ken Robinson is a huge, you know, do you know who he is? Okay, he's an educator out of England, highly respected. Please watch the TED Talk. It's got like 20 million views or something. So he's an educator from the system that is calling out that the system is obsolete. And so we haven't upgraded the system and you're putting these advanced energetic kids and it's not better or worse than, it's just evolution, they're different. And you're putting them into a system where they're, you're asking them to be linear, they don't understand that system and so then you're drugging them, you're giving them, you're like, oh, you can't sit still, let's give you medicine. I have a really dear friend of mine, Vanessa, she's a daughter of a friend of mine, Vanessa Fitzgerald, who just came off of Adderall after she was on Adderall from when she was 12 and she got off at like 25. Never ever been off Adderall before. And it's because she couldn't focus, right? So so this is why I created that. Um, I did not create a curriculum because the whole purpose of my um, community, it was called Jai Seed, Victory to the Seed, was to allow beings to be who they are in freedom and to not put them in a box. So it's sort of like there is no curriculum for that. And I tried in the early days, I got really creative. I was like, we're gonna study gorillas. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna do a gorilla paint. This is, Mathis, listen to me. You're gonna do a gorilla (laughs) painting. We're gonna study the food gorillas make. We're then gonna do a glow, like, and she was just literally like, told, like flip me the bird and left the room. She was just like, you know, you're so lame, you know? So, so then I was like, literally they're asking us to stop, to get out of their field and stop interfering. Now, there's been humans alive for many years 
I don't know exactly how many, but some. And everyone's been fine. Like I had hardly any of the caretaking that we've given our children. Yeah. You know, I was just like left alone. Yeah. <laughs> like no one in the wilderness yeah, of Alaska. Yeah, like nobody <laughs> checked to see if I could add or subtract. Right. You know? Yeah. I was like, what are we doing with this over focus on this and that and the next? And the thing is, they work it out. You know, they learn to talk on their own without anybody teaching them. So my ideology for Jai Seed was support them with healthy food, with nature, with environments, with listening to them. And then when they show an interest, rush to support that. So Matha studied fashion design for, you know, a couple of years, nine hours a week with a mentor. And she was sewing in her room and all that kind of stuff. And now, uh, you know, and I also let her paint. I mean, my house was, my house is still trash, but it was so trash back in the days. She's so messy. Like she literally <laughs> will bring in a garbage dump. I used to be screaming, like she'd go with one of her um, mentors to like Goodwill and like buy junk. I'm like, get it out of my house. You know, be freaking out. She now got herself into Loxo, which is a premier art school, high school free in down, you know, east of downtown. And she had the courage to go in front of a board of 12 people and present her work. I couldn't have done that at her age. So, you know, she's still her. She's still her in every way. And she's not like me. Um, but, and, you know, that's an example. I have, I have Jaya as well. And, and Rich and I also are, these are the things that we did to find out who our daughter is. We had her Vedic chart done. We had her human design done because Jaya is a different design, a different life form than any of the rest of us in the family. We're all makers and she's not. So if we What's don't, she's design. a projector. Wow. So if we don't, if what happens if we don't understand, then we project our lens of how we see the world and we think there's a problem. So I'm being challenged with it right now. I'm not claiming any perfection. It's messy. I'm sure I failed in many ways. I'm sure I misstepped. I'm sure Mathis will be in therapy like about, you know, plenty of things. Um, you know, but th that's the point is, but, I, but what, I, what I will tell you is that my kids can advocate for themselves and I have a very close intimate relationship with them. And other than that, you know, um, they make fun of me, like, just like any, you know, like I'm like the crazy spiritual person. And, you know, actually my, my boys took sort of some space after they moved out. And then actually just last week, they both came to work for me at Shreemu. So I'm like, yay, they're back. Cause you know, we were in a band together and we used to have meditation circles every Sunday and like communicate. And then they went off for a couple of years and it was just so hard for me to not be included anymore so it was really so what I did is I created these this hip company and all their girlfriends and friends work for me <laughs> so, so you're like oh hey you're back I'm like hey they're like hey mom <laughs> can I come back I'm like sure um so anyway so I guess what I'm saying the, the the point of that is to understand that there is everything right with your child anybody who's listening to this there is no life form that consciousness is unhappy with there are a lot of systems. I mean, I would, you know, I can't imagine having to go to school and sit there day in and day out and get up before I'm ready to get up. Like just that in and of itself, to make somebody wake up and have to, before they naturally wake up, um, I just don't like that. It's, you know, and I guess what I'm saying is that a homeschool mother wrote on a blog, she said, I'm not socializing my children, I'm humanizing them. And I loved that 
because that, again, be careful of that parrot reply. It's a program. It has no reality. You know, we have a Jaya, who's unschooled now, um, she has a friend in Malta. She met this girl, went on retreat with me three years ago. They've now seen each other four times in on retreat in a foreign country. They see each other. They, they play together. It's like they didn't lose any time. And they don't keep in touch on social media. They just see each other when they see each other. That's a super special friendship that may be one of the most important things in her life. Meanwhile, she was in a private school, like a plant-based school for a few years, and she was the only, like one of only two girls and 15 boys in the class, and that went on and on and just wasn't supportive for her. And she just, because she's also sort of like chill, like she likes inner energy. So like every child is unique. There, there's no reason to like write books about this is how it is. It's not. I can't. I can't read the parenting books. I don't, just. I, please yeah, don't. I don't. It's like I cannot. And I've always been that way. But thank I you mean, for I'm sharing sure that. there are some authors like we need to say. Like I'm sure there are some authors that wrote some of course, books. And I'm going there are. And I'm writing a parenting book. <laughs> but oh good. Matt I'll read yours. Matt has actually <laughs> asked me to write a parenting book recently. But I have written a book. But it's a memoir. It's just a story of how it was for me. You know, there's only one of Mathis in the entire multiverse. I'm sure your story will be different, but I have given other parents the permission to recognize their children as divine, no matter what they're Which doing. Which is huge. That's all. That's yeah. all we need. Yeah. That's all we need. And I think it's just so important to look outside and anything, just look outside of your box. You know, we just get so conditioned to be in the box. And this past year, I really, I mean, I was the idea of homeschooling just made me want to run for the hills. I mean, and, but I've met so many really cool people homeschooling, you know, especially West Side LA school. The school thing is just such an insane world, you know, putting your baby on a wait list for preschools at six months old that you can't even get into. Like, it's just so gross. And then the public, you know, the private school thing, you know, everyone's tutoring from like two years on. Like, it's just insanity to me. And so I, I don't, I want no part of it. Well, I mean, the thing is, is where is that leading? Right. And have do you know of a documentary called Race to Nowhere? I've heard of it. Okay, so if it. you watch Race to Nowhere, it's a it's a documentary about a young lady who took her life in middle school as a as a result of the studies to achieve these studies, or that's the perspective of the film, and just to understand that again, the educational system is obsolete. Okay, if you if you want some really good um, foundational backup for that. Um, Google Sir Ken Robinson and look at his work. I mean, he has some genius perspectives. So the thing is, is that what are we asking them to do and why are we asking them to do it? And what I found from doing Jai Seed and failing up so many times is that, do you know that education is one of the most um, polarized, amplified hot buttons that is in the human culture? So then we have to ask ourselves, why is that? Um, what I would ask all of us as parents to do is to heal our own childhood traumas so that we don't expect our children to heal those for us. Because all of us were brutalized in school in some way, form, shape. It, it, it happened. However, your child is living their own experience. And so if you do not clear your own thing, your own responsibility, you are projecting that onto your kid and asking your kid to hold that for you. And at a very minimum, it's going to create a, a distance between your child and you because they're angry about it and they should be angry about it. It's not their job to make your childhood okay. 
<laughs> so that's the one thing that I think is a key thing that we can handle and just let go. Like what is, we're all so afraid that we're going to be left behind or the child's going to be left behind. There are millions of genius creations that have been expressed by people who did not fit in, by people who ended up not winning or not being seen in high school or not being the one. Um, and I think at this point on planet Earth, especially, we have life forms that are evoluting in, that are coming in, that have never existed here before, who have gifts that are going to lead us through these challenges that we're facing. If we continue to brutalize our children by putting them into these standardized systems, we're going to miss the miracle. We need something that's completely out of the box. So if we were really intelligent, we would just be fostering complete out of the box, you know, behaviors. And some, you know, some schools are, I mean, there's a homeschooling, you know, admission at Stanford and like, it's changing. Like a lot of the institutions are understanding that there's going to be a new way. I'm, I'm about to really dive deep into this rabbit hole of homeschooling just for, for the education piece alone, but I'm definitely thinking about it. Well, what I would just say is that um, some really beautiful people helped me when I was talking to Rich about doing it. It's Byron Davis. He's an Olympian swimmer and his beautiful wife, Annette, and they homeschooled their children and their children are going to be like presidents of nations. Like it's those kind of kids. You're like, oh my God, these kids. <laughs> but when I was talking about it, you know, Rich was saying to me, well, you're, you're really disorganized and you can't mm. teach. And, you know, it was like that. And she was like, no, no, no. She was like, if you like school, then keep your kids in school. If that works for you. And, and I mean that, like maybe it works for some people. It's working great. Yay. Good for you. If it's not working for you, you don't create school at home. It's life as a lab. So every single opportunity that you do is an opportunity and it's going to be messy and you're going to see, um, you know, right now Jaya's working with a tutor, um, was in the physical and now is online because she moved. She's a novelist and they're writing a book together, studying character and that's nine hours a week. And then Jaya is doing plays. So she's, she's into acting. So that's like the one thing she's been doing a production every, all the time you know, that's since so cool. she was probably six. And that's about it for her. Mm. You know, that the, those are what is making sense for her, at least as far as things to stand out. But I'm just saying, like, there is no consensus. And, and why did we have kids anyway? We had them to be with them, to enjoy them, to celebrate them. So not to create this thing like, you need this, or, oh, you're bad at math? Here, take math. No. If you're bad at math, don't do math. Do something else. Do something that empowers you and makes you. Because you're going to be outsourcing that anyway. I mean, I mean it just it's doesn't like, even it doesn't matter. matter. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? I guess so. my biggest thing when I think of is like, you know, my, it's, we've been in an hour, so we should probably pop soon. Um, it, of like the logistics of then how do I work if I'm homeschooling? But I guess you just figure that out or you do, you do tutors or you have a nanny there too and you figure it out. You figure it scheduling. out. You figure it out. I mean, you know. The other thing that I want to, I would like to offer everyone, because we were talking earlier, is that, you know, your time with your children is you can never get it back. And I know what that feels like to be, you know, rocking a baby for the countless hours and be like, you know, am I ever going to do anything in the world, you know? But what I want to say is that, and I get this also in Water Tiger, my community, um, 
about moms asking about, you know, I'm trying to develop a spiritual practice. And I always tell them like, make the care of your baby, your spiritual practice, just be present and aware and know that with your presence, that's the most powerful practice you could be doing because changing diapers is a spiritual practice, you know, being observant, you know, when things are exploding, when everything's falling apart or there's some volcanic explosion, that's spiritual practice. But just don't put that another, another brick on your back. Like I'm not doing enough or anybody who gave birth to a child has blessed the planet like beyond. Like maybe that's, maybe just their presence has changed the planet for all eternity in a beautiful way. So it's about mother, the mother in that way, you know, we don't need to be um, putting more shoulds or more um, necessity on us. And we need to start to receive ourselves as enough simply for our presence, not only your child, but also you. That's a beautiful ending. <laughs> it is. But we didn't get into our we, thing. We didn't get into everything. <laughs> um, that's just a beautiful wrap up. Do you want to go more? Or do you want? Are I you can go a completion? few more minutes. I want to. I I would like to touch on yeah. the, the topic that okay. you wanted to talk about. So when you're saying that, I mean, I, I was just getting a visceral reaction because um, I do want. We are going to talk a little bit about the medical freedom stuff um, that's been happening this year in California, but it's worldwide happening, and you know, it's a huge. It's the most divisive topic, I feel like, right now. Um, the beauty for myself that has come out, just I was thinking about it when you were just sharing, is at night when I'm rocking Goldie, it, it does feel like my spiritual practice and realizing that having that kind of fear that my baby, something's going to happen to her or we are condemned or all those like, very negative feelings that I've had in the past six months that I've really never had as a white privileged woman in America. Um, having my world rocked in a completely new way, it is really uh, grounding me and appreciating all the moments I'm having with my kids. You know, that is something that's come out of it that I always want to hold on to. Um, and I haven't delved into this topic on this podcast uh, deeply with anybody yet, but and that's a whole, you know, series of podcasts. But I would like to hear your perspective on medical how, freedom, medical freedom, and and how either you know you, how you have navigated. I mean, your kids are older, so mm -hmm. it's a little bit different. Um, but anything you want to share on the topic? I mean, I don't even want to like put labels on what I want you to share. Just anything that you feel called to share on this topic, because I feel there's so much healing that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, um, okay. So again, everything that I share is just from my own personal experience. So based on that, you listen to this podcast so far, you understand that there is no consensus, right? So individual freedom is very important. It's extremely important. It's, it's maybe the most important thing. It's maybe why I incarnated. That's why I am committed to spiritual realization for freedom, true freedom. So I think we have to ask ourselves first, why is this the most polarized topic on the planet? Like what, what, like why of everything? What is underneath it? What is the energy that is trying to manipulate that is causing this division 
It's basically breaking people apart and causing violence. So it's a violent energy. So that's kind of the first clue. If you just want to be Switzerland and like not get involved, just look at it. Like what, what is that? Why, why when people talk about medical freedom, like we won't even say the word, right? Because people just go apeshit, you know, and start uh, threatening people and it's, it's complete insanity. Okay. So bringing back to my experience with some of my children, each child is different. Um, that is not something, uh, that is in alignment for every human being. It's just not, I can talk about myself right now. I don't get flu shots. I will never get a flu shot. Never. I, I have never gotten the flu in since I was a kid and I was being made to get those shots and stuff. So. I'm into prevention, I'm into wholeness, I'm into eating right, I'm into spiritual practice. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't, you know, I sleep, I eat fresh organic foods as much as I can. Um, I creatively express myself. I have meaningful relationships. Um, I live a healthy life recognizing myself as my own self-sustainable ecosystem. I also don't need an outside agency to regulate what I need to do to make my system healthy or not healthy. So I think that's a very simple way of just presenting it. And so I don't know what's right for other people. I know what's right for my tribe, for people that I'm responsible for. And I wanna say very clearly and plainly that I believe in mothers intuition to know what is right and i'll also say fathers but it's really more that mother connection it's like there is a a knowing and i believe that mother mothers and fathers want to keep their children safe ab above all costs it's it's probably the universal you know desire right so become your own authority Make sure that you are making decisions from your own authority. And if you, if you are, then that's fine. And there's also, there is no consensus. So there is no right for another being to say what is the truth of another human being. It's not my right to tell you what to do with your kids. And that's the insane yeah. part that it's just, it's like, why are people not awakened to that? It's, it's not, it, it goes so far beyond the actual shots conversation. Mm -hmm. It's just that we're giving agency yeah. to, you know, in the future, possibly renew our driver's license or, you know, school, kids are getting kicked out of schools. Right. I mean, it's. See, and for me, I look at it as an opportunity. Right. Because um, I'm like, oh, good. There's it an is. opportunity that we start changing the education system and we exactly and we have a lifetime that we spent with our kids right. instead of dropping them off to an institution that we know is obsolete why exactly. are we doing that i mean that's why i'm a prime example of that exactly that my mind has been opened well there you go there you go so there you go <laughs> sorry david <laughs> i love you david now um the thing is is it's like that's the thing it's like why are we uh, putting um you know, agreeing to uh, a medical program, uh, the, the thing that I really am not in alignment with is this future cancer uh, situation. 
Okay, it's like I don't have that in my vibration. So all of this is is run on fear of death. Okay, so we're all so afraid to die as a culture that we're willing to do anything at any cost to uh, make that not happen. <laughs> and when you're a spiritual being, or and it's we so all, crazy. by the way, we all are spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. I'm no more spiritual than anybody listening to this, but I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. We're all spiritual beings. It's just a choice of awareness. Are you, is that where your awareness is? And do you want to continue to awaken that? I happen to not be afraid to die. That's not if, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't experience some fear like at that moment. But I mean, overall, I'm prepared. I'm preparing to die. I've been living preparing to die my entire life. And I know that there is no death, that we are eternal beings and life forms. And there are multi, there is a multitude of living of life experiences. And so as I live with that awareness, I know that I am magnetizing the experiences to me that are in alignment with my evolution. I don't need to go to outside agencies to stop that from happening because I welcome it. I face all of it in truth. And I was just going to say something really important and I'm just, where is it? Um, So if you know that you're an eternal being, it's like, like, where are you trying to stop? Uh, you know, it's like you're, we're subscribing to this Armageddon program. Okay, this is what I want to talk. So there's, a, there's an implant that's in the planetary grid that is trying to influence us to live in fear. So what I'm going to say very plainly now, there, there will be no Armageddon on planet Earth. There will be no World War III. This is not happening. There is enough frequency now on the planet that there is going to be a new timeline created. So... So get out of those looping and following those news stories and stop following that track. That is not what's happening. The other thing I want to say, and, you know, um, Zach Bush and I actually talked about this together. And um, what I want to make sure that we say is if anybody listening to this has already, their children have already been vaccinated or anybody they love or they've gotten the flu shot, from a spiritual perspective and a Taoist way, that was the divine right thing that happened. How do we know that it was a divine right thing? Because it's what happened, okay? So this is not about having, and this is the shame and the guilt and the fear that is making people fight against something. It's like, we gotta keep taking the poison because I don't wanna admit that I gave the poison to someone I love. Me, Thank you for bringing that up. Me yes. or you or someone else. Okay, I did it. My my boy's dad took them and gave them a flu shot when I wasn't looking, you know. Um, and uh, and they have had more, more sicknesses. I will say right now that both of my children who did not go down this path, they have never taken an antibiotic. They have never maybe an earache, maybe, I can't even remember. So, but I leave it, I live a vegan lifestyle. I mean, I raise them on, you know, I wasn't crazy. I mean, it's not like, you know, they have a soda one in a while. Not, I don't mean that crazy, but I can't be that, you know, exact. I'm just, I don't live that way. Like I'm more loose than that. But what I'm saying is that we live a health, we lived a healthy lifestyle, right? But I can see evidence in my children of the absence of sickness 
is because you're unbelievable. just letting their body be their body. Yeah, and I'm also I don't sterilize like I didn't over sterilize like I was always just sort of middle, you know, like oh it fell on the ground eat it, you know, just middle 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 not 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 and we don't have any food issues we have like no eating disorder things in our lineage like it just doesn't exist where in what we do that's just not the beans we are we have plenty of other things but um i guess that's what i'm saying is we, we have to get over that fear um you know i'm sure i've done a lot of things that like i said that you know my kids are going to go like i wish you didn't do that or you hurt me or whatever and the other thing that i want to say is again Betty, getting back to the spiritual connection the spiritual connection is the only thing that is going to keep you safe because when we are connected to the pure frequency and energy of who we really are, the body will find a way to compensate for what has been done to it. So the more and more that you love your body, the more and more that you claim your ownership over your body, your body will process out any harm that has been done. In addition, there are codes and frequencies coming into the planetary realm that have never been like this before. And they are literally catalyzing spontaneous healings. Like just, it's not a person, it's not a Messiah, it's a frequency. So don't worry, don't, you know, don't freak out, it's okay. However, you have a choice to decide what is being put in your body. And if a mother came to me and she's like, I know it and I know that my child needs this, I would believe her. I would believe her. I have no agenda of what you do, what anybody does. But what I do want to offer is that we must be our own authorities. That's all. And it's an individual choice. It's not right for someone to interfere in another living being's energy field. And if you're going there and saying, I'm going in your field because I think you might hurt me, you are not aware. You are not in alignment because nothing has the power to hurt you when you are embodied in your truth. There's nothing. Thank you. So how was that? That was beautiful. Do you think, a we'll, beautiful you think we'll get death threats for that? <laughs> Please don't hate us. No, everyone listening to this, I mean, everyone here is, uh, you know, uh -huh. in alignment or at least having that conversation. But it all comes down to that. And that is why the, the term medical freedom is so valid is it's just a freedom. I mean, it's not just, it is a freedom that we all deserve. So, And also to really look at why is it so heated? What's really underneath there? I mean, are we really threaten each other's lives over this decision? Is it really that important? I mean, Australia's on fire right now. Is it really that important? You know, again, it's spiritual connection. This is what's happening. And I also want to say there is transformation and evolution happening on this planet. And it's going to be very hard to watch some of it. And ultimately, this ascension and light is happening. And nothing is going to stop it. And so remember that you are an eternal being and that there is no death and find ways to reawaken that remembering. No being is more or less spiritual than another. It is an individual choice. And once you know, you can't not know. And it's extremely liberating to have that awareness. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank this you. Was beautiful. Oh, I'm so it's happy to meet honor. you. Me Aww, too. Thanks. 
We'll have to do it again. Yeah, lots of topics. But thank you for opening our eyes deeper. Of course. Lots of love. Can I say one thing? Yes, of course. I mean, um, I have created this cheese company. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's (laughs) called... Got to get my plug in. Yeah, girl. Get it. Okay, so I created a plant-based cheese company. It's called Shrimu, S-R-I-M-U. And you can uh, find out more about it at shrimu.com. It is a culture of awakening and awareness. And it's that within the product I've made and created these beautiful artisanal plant-based cheeses. They are divine, uh, made with pure ingredients. And they, like somebody said to me, they're delicious in a... And not delicious in a vegan way. Mm. I said in a great way. <laughs> so uh, my cheeses are universal. They are paleo, vegan, dairy-free, kosher, mm. gluten-free. Um, check them out. I deliver them in a sacred altar box. And I consider them a devotional offering to the body. Um, they're super delicious. And it's going to be a fun ride creating this culture of awareness within the company and within also the subscriber community. So anyway, I love if that. that resonates with you. Check it out. And it's so beautiful. The packaging. Thank it's you. Gorgeous. Thank and you really quickly. Can you please talk about your, um, work suits? Yeah, I can actually there's two more things. So, so the thing is, is that when I started to create Shrimu, and everything that I'm doing in life, like I, I just want to do it in a really artful way. Like it's really important to me. And, you know, you were talking about, you know, it, we were talking about eternalization or aging eternalization and about, you know, I'm not unclear that I, I care very much about the way I look. I mean, obviously, you know, it's like I'm not walking around with no makeup, you know, out of bed, like in ripped clothes. So I wanted to make it super beautiful and I wanted everything about it to be in alignment. So um, and we consider it a mission. So it's a planetary mission. We have, I called it my, my team. Uh, we're sacred makers and flow masters. And we create these cheeses after doing a breathing meditation so that we're in presence. And um, so we have these amazing flight suits that are black and they have these um, tags on them. So I'm going to be launching a marketplace. It's the first time since I was in fashion that I'm actually entering into this. And I want to mention my brand um, master designer, Brian O'Hara. You can follow him on Instagram at Atelier O'Hara. And he's written backwards. He's a perfect example of a being that um, if we had... um, you know, brutalized him, he might not be doing what he's doing. So he's read and written backwards his whole life. So even when he was a waiter, he would have to just memorize what you look like because he can't write anything. So what you do is you give him a word and then he goes in reverse and it becomes its own coding and hieroglyph. So the coding or the branding for Shrimu is devotional offering, but it's Brian's hieroglyph in reverse. So Brian is developing a line of plates for Mm -hmm. me that are extraordinary. And then we just did these tattoos. I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but Mm -hmm. we did um, these sort of like cool gold temporary tattoos with his coating. Um, So anyway, so check him out. Um, And then the other thing I just want to mention as well, that if you're interested in doing any further spiritual work with me, I have a community online called Water Tiger. And it's called Water Tiger because I want to develop a way of offering all the wisdom that I've gleaned from all of my years of being in spiritual realms in this life in a way that was very simple and very easy and very applicable. So any being who wanted to know themselves better would benefit from these techniques. So it really is about full freedom and full sovereign power within your own life form. 
So you can subscribe every month. It's $33 a month. And I do a live call and I, you can listen at any time. Um, and then also I have techniques there like an embodiment, embodiment techniques or alignment techniques. And they're visualizations that you listen to that allow you to feel some of what I was sharing during this podcast. And then I'm going to be doing um, two very high-level retreats this year over the equinox. I'm doing them in a community called Damanhur. Damanhur is a spiritual community in Italy near Torino. And it was founded 40 years ago by a master consciousness named Falco. Um, and they built temples to hum- humankind inside a mountain. They're the largest uh, temples inside a mountain that exist in, on the planet. And... Uh, They're an amazing community of very beautiful people, very productive people. Obviously, they built temples. Um, But they are actually going to be producing Srimu Italia. So I leave in two weeks to go finalize the production there. I'm working with a a 30-year cheese artisan, dairy cheese artisan. His name is Scarabeo. And um, I'm just super psyched. It's, it's, It's like a dream, literally like a dream come true. Um, So I'm going to be doing two retreats over the equinox, one in March and one in September. And so if you have interest, um, I hope I have a button on my website. You can contact me on Instagram at Srimati, S-R-I-M-A-T-I, or also on my website, juliepyatt.com. And uh, we're going to be going, it's seven nights, eight days, and we're doing yoga, holotropic breathing inside the temples. We're doing ritual fires. Um, It's quite... It's quite a deep thing. Um, and just there's no place on the planet that I, that is more potent to be doing this kind of work. So is it just women? It's not or just women. Just women it's usually a lot of women and then a couple really expanded men. <laughs> Hi, David. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> just putting it out okay. there. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, beautiful oh, offering. So happy to meet you. You too. You're a beautiful mama. Mm. And thank you for what you're doing for all the mothers. Thank you. And uh, I hope you have me back. Yes, yes, yes. Whatever you can. All right. All my love. Bye.